Greetings, Peugeot and retrogrades. Americans of all stripe, we awaken today to find a not fully counted register of election results. But last night, it suffices to say, I knew even when I went to bed, did not turn out the way red staters and Republicans were hoping it would have and calculating that it should have. So we're going to talk today about the failure of national politics. First off, what do I mean by that? Secondly, what do we do about it? We, I mean, good folks of uh, love and Christian charity and goodwill, Catholics, largely speaking. Here with me today to discuss this is a man whose product I have boosted on this channel consistently for many months. And I do so even though I don't boost products typically, because I believe in it as a central part of the mission. It's real estate for life's Dave Thiessen. Dave, it's, it's great to have you finally face-to-face -face on the show. Good to be here, Tim. You, were, you are particularly relevant, and in, in real estate for life is particularly relevant to the debacle of last night's election returns. For two reasons, Dave. One is because Democrats in the run-up to the midterm elections were promising that there would be some amount of hell to pay on the part of Republicans who did more or less to achieve the accomplishment of Dobbs versus Jackson women's health, the overturning of Roe. And Absolutely. that didn't, yeah, didn't pan out completely for them, but it panned out some for them. We didn't get the red wave that we were expecting. And secondly, because national politics are now failing, even under the worst president we've ever had, we can't get both houses of the Congress. It looks like we're not going to take the Senate. It'll be a struggle to even take the House. And so people need to know what to do. And you can provide a talking point on both of those, those numbers, one and two. Abortion, number one, two. Get out of your blue state, get to a red state, like people have heard me say so many times before. Yes, it's interesting. I uh, have the gift of being in a position to listen to a thousand to two thousand people a year. So these are not my thoughts. This is channeling what everybody is saying, which is they need to get out of where they are. In fact, the most common call I receive is, I know where I don't want to stay, but I don't know where I want to go. And that's what leads us kind of through the states from Idaho down through, uh, you know, the central uh, Kansas and, and Texas down into South Carolina and Florida. And that's the most common call we have. The other call we get that's pretty common is they're going to stay in the state they're in because they think they can move from New York City and go upstate and escape. But they find out usually they're coming back to me within a year or two, realizing that even though they moved to a very quiet part of New York, that they're having a transgender show at the Children's Library right. in this small community. And so that then they have to move again. So and then they finally make the move. Yeah. Can you so so what you're saying is. The former type of call is much more efficient, efficacious, and far-reaching than the latter type of call. Someone that says, hey, I want to get out of my state. I want to get to a good red state uh, rather than I want to get out of the city. All the bad guys are in the cities, uh, politically and criminologically are in the city. So I want to stay in my state, but get out of the city into the beautiful countryside in a blue state. You're saying the former is better, right? Yes, and, and far more common. Most people know to get out of their state, but there are there's a, a decent percentage of them that try to get to the border of this, but stay in the state they're in. So they, they do exist, but they end up moving. And I, I try to tell them they, they just need to go. You know, in, in Mississippi, I believe you're Mississippi, yes, um, is is one of the best places to go one for pricing and two for the fact that 
it's it's not gray at all. There's no purple there. It's it's a red state. And there's only one even semi-large city that there's only one. The amount of big cities in your state will spoil your state. One can do it. Look at Georgia. Folks out there, look at Georgia in what's going to what's bound to become, I guess, a runoff between the excellent candidate, Christian Herschel Walker, one of the greatest athletes of all time and a, a, a good dude, and Raphael Warnock. That's going to wind up in a runoff. Herschel Walker, even in a southern state like Georgia, with mostly good people outside of the big cities, uh, very Christian, very at home. Herschel Walker can't beat far left radicalist uh, Raphael Warnock because of one city in the state, Atlanta, Hotlanta. So the the point there's a there's a few points here. Um. Number one, the issue of abortion did prove determinative. I'm looking at a tweet by Bishop Strickland responding to lifenews.com. The lifenews.com tweet that he retweeted goes like this. California and Vermont have approved ballot amendments allowing the killing of unborn babies and abortions up to birth. Terrible day for innocent little children. And um, Bishop Strickland responded like this, deeply tragic. Sadly, this represents too many in our nation, in our world. I want to ask you about this first line in a second, Dave. People are blind to the truth that the slaughter of innocent children in the womb dooms us all. May all of us who know that life is a sacred gift from God stay strong against the evil this unleashes. Now, you run realestateforlife.org, which is basically the only product I ever talk about on this channel. That's how much I believe in it. Your product, Real Estate for Life, unites a number of the three or four sort of titular goals of this channel. And that's why it's it's we're like this in terms of what we're aiming for. Yes. Why, why does, I mean, abortion, the Democrats promised, would cause some sort of blue wave this election. That didn't happen, but it did stop the red wave. They're referring to an abortion desert. Uh, I have the map in front of me, and it's Texas, Oklahoma, Louisiana, Arkansas, Missouri, my state, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, and Tennessee. Kentucky was supposed to be able to be added to this desert of abortions, which is a perverse image. Um, And and, um, Kentucky wasn't added, but it's a perverse image, Dave, from Real Estate for Life, because the desert is a place of death. And the reality of national politics now is that roughly half the country, the blue staters, right around half, 49%, 49%, I think is what Herschel Walker versus Warnock is at. Right around half the people think it is a desert of uh, proverbial death if you travel across a portion of the country where killing babies in the womb is not legal. It's upside down. Can we share a res publica or a common good with these people, people that think killing babies is the highest good and that a desert of abortion is a bad thing? No. The the point of shaking the dust from your sandals is crystal clear. There's no way to make a compromise with someone that would kill innocent people. (laughs) Yeah. So what, look, I just debated Josh Hammer uh, six days ago, who is a national conservative, or sometimes they call themselves post-liberals, or there are a bunch of other names for them. They like to call themselves the new right, where they say the solution to big national leftist politics, big national, big government leftist politics, are big national, big government right-wing politics, um, where... You take under the 340 million people of the United States, a continent, almost a hemisphere's worth of people who can never agree on any one thing. Half of them are good, good hearted. I'm including the Protestants in this now who are conservative. And half of them are very evil. And I do say, Dave, and I think you agree that folks that are pro-abortion are evil. And most of them are not going to convert 
you know, 90, 95% of them will never convert to being pro-life. I don't know what the actual statistics on that are. And we cannot, and by virtue of fact, do not share a res publica, a republic with them. So why pretend? This is what I was, I was making this point a bunch of different ways to Josh Hammer when I debated him. Why pretend we're countrymen with them? We're never going to convert red Chinese government officials to our way of life, to not aborting little girls in the womb. We're never going to convert most of these blue stater fellow Americans who are left wing. So why do we have to pretend that we're we're countrymen? Well, and and I would uh, make a subset uh, for the pro boards because there there is a, a a certain pool of that is that's ignorant. So so the ones that are ignorant that that's different from the ones that are just evil. And uh, for example, in Michigan. Uh, is now a constitutional amendment that passed yesterday, and I believe it was 54%, with, with a pretty strong effort from the pro-life community. Uh, and, um, and they don't realize that in this amendment, you don't have to be a physician to do abortions anymore. They made it any medical professional, could be a dentist, a chiropractor, um, sterilizations could be made at any time without parental consent uh, or, or abortions. So there, there's a lot of ignorant people that voted yes. So I did want to break that into two groups. But the, the ones that are just died in the wool evil proponents of killing unborn humans, there's just no way to, to live with them. You just can't live there. Yeah, that's. That's really what I wanted to talk to you today. I say it almost every day on this show. I say, get out of your blue state, get to a red state, a red state, like being here in Mississippi, I feel like I have a res publica. It's not a perfect one because it's run by Baptists, Baptists. We just voted for our county yesterday by special referendum that we're allowed to have or to transport uh, soft spirits beer. Can you believe that? People in blue states, I, it's not great because we're Catholics. We need we need uh, at least vino for the sacrament, right? But right. it's kind of refreshing that there are really places where it has technically been illegal. Anytime I've transported beer outside of the city of Hattiesburg in the county. Uh, so I, I, I have two corner markets. I have one here down the hill. I have one up the hill. If I want to buy beer to drink a beer or two with dinner, I got to go up the hill an extra mile. And w- the point is, in my little res publica, where we have a common good, a common goal, we believe in one vision overarchingly. It's run by Protestants. I wish it were a state run by Catholics. But in America, that would typically demographically make it liberal. So I'll, I'll take the, the right-wing Baptists. And guess what? Now I have the best of both worlds. We just, by special referendum, a lot of these Baptists just got reasonable about alcohol, and now we can drink it here. The reason I'm saying all this is because people really need to wake up that the Lincolnian, Ham, you were talking about Hamiltonian, the, the, the overarching goal that nationalizes America in the days of the founding Hamilton wanted a tight, you know, national unity. It doesn't exist. Lincoln then forced like a tyrant an overarching national unity over a bunch of different separate locales with different religions that wanted different things. And it doesn't exist. It's a fiction. So guys like you, I'm not saying you agree with every last point of mine, but what you agree with is what we'd agree together is that Abortion is the issue that proves we cannot have a union with these blue staters. And that's not up to us to, to, to sever the, the false union that exists now covering a whole continent, nearly a hemisphere's worth of people. Of course, 330 or 40 million people aren't going to all agree. But we don't have to share a state with them. And we can vote with our feet and get out. Go to realestateforlife.org. You know, it's interesting, this um, 
some of these numbers are staggering that, you know, 300,000 people moving from one state to another. You just imagine a, a city that large prop, it, it just popping up in, in inside of a year, which would, you know, be Florida, Tennessee, Texas. But then you look at something like Idaho. Idaho's population increased 2.9% in one year, which wow. is the largest growth of any of the states. Wow. And one of the most common things, and I, and I agree with, you know, a lot of your points. Um, one of the most common things I hear is uh, going to say South Carolina or Mississippi. Well, I, I want to be with other Catholics. Well, that is the bulk of what's moving right now is the trans, the traditional Latin mass Catholics. And certainly, if not um, the, um, I hate saying this, the Novus Ordo, because which one of the 10,000 versions of the Novus Ordo is yeah. yours? Yeah. But, um, but anyway. They're all bad, but <laughs> I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, don't, I don't like saying Novus Ordite Catholics either. It seems seems so mean-spirited. And, you know, look, some of those people are legit political conservatives, but most of the true political conservatives in the Catholic Church are trads. So I get what you're saying. Yeah. And, uh, but where they're moving to, if you, if you move 50,000 trads into South Carolina, then, you know, it's Greenville or something like that, then all of a sudden you're not really the minority anymore. And it might take a few years because the churches will be built, enlarged, and so on. But you're not moving to an area that's going to stay Protestant. It's going to become Catholic. And uh, they realize that as soon as you say it, it's pretty obvious that's who's moving here by the tens of thousands in these cities, which creates strong parishes. Right. South Mississippi, not known for being a huge Catholic area, but our largest nearest city is New Orleans. It's not. Yes, I know. Folks, unless you're a, a geography whiz, you think Louisiana's to the west of Mississippi, but it's actually, uh, if I want to get to New Orleans, I don't travel west. I travel due south because of that, that the L part of Louisiana. It's due south from me here in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. So it's the nearest state. That's where, that's our parish is St. Pat's there. Well, we don't go every week, but that's where we have the sacrament said. That's where friends with the priests as long as there, it's kind of perfect. Uh, if you want my fully honest opinion, Dave, because I like a little privacy. I mean, I, I have seven kids, and my family's sort of my community. We're we're always doing something. I don't need, I guess, as much community as some other Catholics like. That's a preferences thing. So I'm fine living in, you know, Baptist Mississippi. I wanted to move to a state that it was it was most affordable. Also, it had the fewest big cities, doesn't really even have one large city, it has a, a biggish city in Jackson, but that's it. So the politics can never be queered, literally and figuratively, unless the cities grow. That'll take at least a generation. That's if everyone started moving here tomorrow. And yet I got one of the coolest big cities in America and the Catholic epicenter of the South, New Orleans, uh, you know, an hour and a half away. I love it. I don't need more community than my family. Um, so that's, that's what you do when you vote with your feet. That's what you do when you understand that national politics don't work with a, with a club, the size of a hemisphere, 350 million people almost. One of the things that you say that resonates, which is basically a command to go, to move. Because everyone has parents, they have other relatives, they have relationships, they have jobs. And so often we'll get people that'll get started, but then they'll pull back because it's too hard. There's too many things that have to be dealt with. And I tell them to, you know, do what they can, what they think is best, but, uh, do you want to be the last man out of East Berlin? Right. And, and right. so, so then the, a lot of times they, they have to settle some things to go, but, but your clarion call to move 
is it's really the only one out there. Now, there, there's been some that are picking up on it uh, because I tell them <laughs> that it, it, yeah. it, it, it's most effective. You know, you don't have the largest subscriber base, but pound for pound, uh, because of the clear message you're sending, it, it's having a, a strong effect on moving people. You personally are moving tens of thousands of people simply by being crystal clear about it. And I don't put myself out as any, I mean, certainly I've got a lot of academic training in, in history and politics and, and, and uh, philosophy and so on, just like many people do. But, you know, my, where I have expertise is in the real estate and the transfer of people from one area to the other. And, and that's what I try to focus on and just keep it real, real simple. This is something you can accomplish. There's going to be work involved. And once you get there, you'll never look back. Never, never. I Okay, so Vermont and California, thank you for the compliments, by the way. California and Vermont uh, constitutionalized abortion now in the state, at the level of state constitution. They can't do it at the federal constitution anymore because we got rid of the nationalizing substantive due process of Roe. Thank you very much. You know, national conservatives, where were you on that one? Originalist, subsidiarian, non-substantive due process is represented by Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health. That case overturned Roe. It's from Mississippi. That's perfect. I was so proud of my state. And I'll tell you, all these ideas, they're not, they don't come from me. They come from the Roman Catholic tradition of subsidiarity. It's all this book, Catholic Republic. Catholic Republic is like the anthem of real estate for life. When I, I note in this book, look, abortion, uh, slavery was a tricky issue in this country because slavery is a grave evil. It's not as evil as abortion, but the, the state's rights folks were on the wrong side of that issue, slavery. The state's rights folks, the Confederates were actually right overall but they were wrong on that issue of slavery. Um, in other words, the big national politicians like Lincoln held the country together, which is the wrong position to be on. It's the non-Catholic position to be on. Big, big evil empires are evil. But he was right. Lincoln was right about one thing, slavery, right? That is a moral evil. Well, now we have the best of both worlds. Abortion is the newer, more important, more relevant slavery. And guess what? States' rights people that say get to a red state and then back away from the blue states slowly at first, then fast. States' rights. We're on the right side of both issues on this one. It's, you know, we're on the right side of abortion and we're on the right side of states' rights. That's why I love real estate for life. And that's why it's being so effective. Look at um, from last night's election returns, Dave. Look at the state of Florida, the one big stark victory for the good guys is what happened in uh, like early on in the evening, the Marco Rubio race there in Miami-Dade County. He cleaned up. That's a very blue county. And he yep. cleaned up. He, he destroyed his opponent there. That is because folks have good connotations with Florida. They have a Catholic governor uh, in DeSantis. And Florida stayed strong on the uh, COVID issue, really strong. Florida was a, a city on a hill, a city shining on a hill. All of the other politics from the evening last night represented a, a bad nationalizing democratic trend. But Florida is probably one of those places that you see a lot of folks moving to for the same reason that Miami-Dade County sounded like a red county last night. Well, the, the flight to freedom is central to the, the movement of these hundreds of thousands of millions of people. And um, it and, and Florida represents that. Texas, too, is, is a lone star state as, as a one a republic at one time. Um, and then um, Tennessee tends to be east of Nashville and east. So you're, you get into the hills um, and th those are strong. Uh, strong places where people can live free and um, and living free 
for a lot of them also means not just their freedom to to worship, to raise their families, but not have tentacles reaching out to them. And I, and I don't mean to bring up again the the the, um, the library uh, you know drag show, a drag queen show, but that that really is to, well. And then the transient of the children in the elementary schools. It's interesting yeah. because with the with the COVID in the rearview mirror, it's not changing anything because now it's like, well, I, I can't have them trans my uh, third grader. And right. this is more than enough to get them to move. I, the interesting discussion, I've told this story before on this channel, between myself and nationalist conservative, I don't believe they're conservatives, nationalist conservative Sohar Abamari, when he was debating David French three summers ago, his argument was we should nationalize the the uh, we should ban at the national level the drag queen story hour that you keep referring to, Dave. He was debating little little weak David French, basically a kind of a libertarian, not not even a, a good kind, saying no, we don't like it, but we shouldn't ban drag queen story hour. I guess they meant nationally, and I wrote Surab, and I was like, it's look. We the constitution, because of subsidiarity and federalism, it doesn't, it's not equipped with the tools necessary to have the Congress overarchingly do a ban. It's literally that's called the general police power. It's very specific. Every first year law student knows the Congress doesn't hold a general police power. Who does hold that general police power? The state legislatures. So I said, Surab, man. You live in New York. Now, he might have moved since then. Someone told me he moved. Uh, he doesn't talk to me anymore. But uh, I said, you live in the most liberal state in the union, dude. What? You're the $3 bill there. I mean, look, popular sovereignty is not a liberal enlightenment idea. It's a Catholic idea. Aquinas endorses popular sovereignty. Bellarmine endorses popular sovereignty. Suarez endorses popular sovereignty. If you... If you live around a bunch of New Yorkers that think there should be a drag queen story hour at the library, you're the one that has to move. And that's the state of affairs. And you know what he responded to me? He's like, well, no, I want the national ban to enable me to keep living in my imaginary republic. You don't have a res publica, dude. You don't share a common good with New Yorkers whose idea of the common good is having a drag queen story hour at the library. They don't have the true common good, but there's a consensus there and you're not part of it. What do you need to do? You need to move out. What, you like looking at Central Park? So you're going to continue to expose your kids to this? I guess he got out, someone said. The point is vote with your feet. Get to a red state. That's what you can do that's not LARPing. The bet, when, when people say, look, man, you got a middle-sized channel on YouTube, Tim, about 40,000 subscribers. People, please subscribe, like the, this video, and um, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. We've been pushing this hard. And click the notification bell so you know when it shows up. I Look, they say, what can we do? The bishops are all not so good. Uh, the mass is horrible. The Pope Francis is the worst. He's clamping down even on our little beautiful TLM here. From from you know six thousand miles away, he's making it impossible to get to. What can we do? Two things, man. You could do that. You don't need permission from your bishop or the bishop of Rome to do, or the president of the U.S. Take back your household. The man has to be the virtuous leader. Case for patriarchy makes that case, and it makes uh, it it pitches the path. This is how you can do so, even if you're not being a, a, a male leader, a householder, a patriarch now. That's number one. You don't need anyone's permission to do that. God has deputized all men who have families to be the leader. Got to start doing that. That'll solve 90% of your problems right now, your family's moral and spiritual problems. The other 10% of your family's moral and spiritual problems comes from your real estate man, Dave. Location, location, location. You cannot, even if you're a, a patriarch who runs your household well, you can solve 80 or 90%, but you cannot deny that if you live in New York or where I came from, California, 
where they are propagandizing your 12, 13, 14 year old every minute of every day, transsexual, gay, bisexual, lesbian, this, abortion's not bad, abortion's a constitutional right. There will be enemies in the gate. So the second thing you could do is get your family to a red state. And people want like, well, should I pray more or fast more? Look, it's a Wednesday. Every Wednesday and Friday, I I fast until three. I do a black fast. That's not enough on its own. God wants us to act. These are the two things that my channel stands for that a lot of the bigger channels out there, I'll say it, they're scared to come out hard on these two issues. You say states' rights, people are going to call you a confederate. I'm a neo-confederate, confederate under the banner of anti-abortion. But they're afraid of that. Um, you're not going to hear this pitch by Matt Frad. You know, he's, he's a good dude. He's a, got a good channel. You're not going to hear this. And number two, you, men have to take back their families. That's what my middle-sized channel stands for. And the bigger channels are afraid to take a stand on either of these two. You're getting it from me uniquely. And that's why people are connecting with real estate for life disproportionately, sweepingly uh, from my channel. You see more, almost more business from my channel than any of your bigger channels, aside from one, right, Dave? Yes, yes. You know, the um, uh, trying to always relate this to helping people get to where they need to be is, uh, again, I'm not a political expert. Affirming, though, you can't nationalize something like the um, drag queen uh, libraries being uh, banned. And it's interesting because one of the things I was thinking about when you were just talking was, for example, Dr. Alan Keyes had, when I talked with him, he sort of had a uh, complaint about um, Antonin Scalia that Scalia was trying to do the natural law without really bringing God in uh, as a integral component. And I noticed Newt Gingrich uh, the other day, I saw him talking with Jordan Peterson. I'm not sure about Jordan Peterson exactly, but um, <laughs> but Newt was saying the same thing, that if, if we don't get God involved in our government, in our lives, then we will just we won't succeed. It, I guess it's it's sort of like the abortion issue. If, if we're not willing, willing to deal with artificial contraception, then we're never going to solve the abortion issue. The um, by the way, the Michigan was also a constitutional amendment. So uh, we'll see That's where three. that goes. The That's, wrong yeah, way, right? That yeah. was that was a that was a constitutional amendment also. So we have um, lots to do there. The I'm trying to think of. The other thing that I can bring um, of value, I mean, it really is, it, it's, it's freedom, freedom to worship. <laughs> it's almost like when we came over from uh, merry old England, it wasn't just to, to form a new uh, type of capitalism. No, it was to worship, you know, freely. And, uh, and you know, I think about, like, if you had a shot at it, it would be a state like like Mississippi, um, where you could have a Christ-centered government, because you do have the um, uh, police powers only at state level. You don't have them at the uh, federal level. Uh, I have to break away one second. Can yeah, let me. He's not good. Okay. Let me see. It looks much. like I am going to have to wrap up. I have to get to my brother-in-law here, uh, which was our trip up. But go ahead and wrap it up for me, Tim. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Dave. If you just uh, hang up, I'll, I'll I'll continue the live stream here. I'll, I'll close things up. Thanks a million for being with me. This is Dave Thiessen of realestateforlife.org. Everyone, if you're in a blue state, Dave, make make a make one final pitch, and then you can you can just uh, you can get offline, and I'll I'll close out the the live stream by myself. I'll give you the one last technical thing that's kind of interesting to note because the interest rates have doubled, and yet um, the interest rates right now are slightly below the average over the last fifty years. Yeah. So, so yes, we got spoiled, but this is still a good time to go. You're still at below average interest rate. God bless you.
I'm off. God bless you, Dave. I'm going to keep this thing going as Dave jumps off. I want to I want to make one final pitch about why national politics have failed. Okay, so here's here's what it is. I want to present you good folks out there, parish orphans and retrogrades, with a, a, a brief answer to the question, the interrogation posed by my friend and Dave and Dave's mutual friend, Alan Keyes, presidential candidate, two or three different election cycles, his critique of Antonin Scalia, which is a common one. A lot of Catholics misunderstand this. Uh, Keyes has been on the show two or three times. I've been on his show two or three times. It's great fun. And I, I love the man. He's a great man. But when, here's the issue. People will say, what's the deal with, with Scalia's philosophy of, of as a judge on the high court, as a justice on the high court, saying, I'm going to restrain myself as a judge to just the original public meaning of the laws. When I look at a law from Connecticut, like the law that from uh, 1952 until 1965 in Connecticut, uh, outlawed, banned. Like Vanna White. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Stephanie. Uh, Vanna White's got nothing on you, sweetheart. Uh, um, I'll, I'll hold it. I'll hold it up in a second. But think about being a member of the state of Connecticut from 1952, where they passed a ban on contraception, until 19, let's say 1964, late in the year. That ban of contraception, awesome. Scalia, who's a Catholic, who some people say he needs to be a judging from the bench using Jesus. Scalia said, awesome. This is awesome. A contraception ban should be happening because of Scalia's and mine and yours Catholic principle of subsidiarity at the state level. The U.S. Constitution enshrines subsidiarity in the Tenth Amendment in something called the general police power. The general police power means the power to regulate health, safety, welfare, morals, and security. Morals. So it's a lie of so-called national conservatives to say that more Confederate-type conservatives like myself or Scalia do not want morality in the law. That's another lie. Law gets passed in 1962, banning contraception in Connecticut. For the next 12 years, it functions beautifully. Tiny little state of Connecticut, they say for themselves, we don't want contraception. Well, what happened in 1965, national-minded jurists on the bench, the types that are too much like uh, the national conservatives, they said, no, we need to have all one form-fitting law for America, and we're going to overrule this. We're going to say, this, this case is very famous. It's called Griswold versus Connecticut. It made it illegal for all the states, Connecticut and all 49 others, to outlaw contraception, illegal to ban contraception. Do you see what happened there? Scalia, who's a, an originalist, loved the idea of states because they hold the police power, the subsidiarity to morality, to legislate morality for themselves. We cheered for it, folks like Scalia and myself. And through this national commandeering of what's supposed to be a God-given state power, Pope Pius XI called this subsidiarity, a commandeering. Pope Pius XI said a commandeering by, of a state power by the national power is a grave evil, meaning we can never as Catholics cheer for it. That's what happened in Griswold versus Connecticut in 1965. It became illegal for good states to illegalize contraception. Similar thing happened in 1969 in a case called Stanley versus Georgia. Uh, about 11 years before, Georgia had made pornography illegal. Again, note all of these cases that end up going up to the Supreme Court, Griswold versus Connecticut, Stanley versus Georgia. Another one is Lawrence versus Texas. It is the tyrannical 
Abraham Lincolnian government telling states what to do, telling states you're not allowed to ban contraception. In the case of Stanley versus Georgia, four years after Griswold, it was the national judiciary saying it's illegal for Georgia to illegalize porn. This is where my conversation with Saurabh Amari earlier is relevant. You, you, you're not allowed to ban or not ban these things at the national level. You're not allowed to ban the banning of these things at the national level. And that's precisely the tyranny we live under now. 1973, same line of cases. They're using all the same jurisprudence in all these. 65, Griswold, 69, Stanley versus Georgia, 1973. You know this one, Roe versus Wade. Building on those two cases, Roe versus Wade banned the banning of abortion. Then it happened in the early 2000s, Lawrence versus Texas. The Supreme Court, the national tyrannical Supreme Court banned the banning of sodomy. In Texas, it was illegal to have sodomy. And then about 10 years after that, they banned the state-level banning of gay marriage. Gay marriage. It's not marriage. Do you see what's happening? When subsidiarity is ignored, this is why the, the national conservatives are wrong. This is why a true conservative must always be small is beautiful. The police power or the subsidiarity is held by localities. It's always an evil. Satan always uses breaches of subsidiarity a grave evil every time for leftist causes. You can't use the national legislature or the national judiciary to perform a good. It's never been done in all of the history of America. You've never gotten a good result by breaching subsidiarity. The Catholic Church, Pope Pius XI, the modern catechism says you can't get a good, a substantive good by the procedural breach of subsidiarity. It can't happen. It's like in Lord of the Rings when um, Boromir wants to use the ring. Well, yeah, but I want to use this evil ring, substantive due process. I want to use this ring against the bad guys. Well, the ring is a tool of bad guys. Substantive due process is a tool of those who hate subsidiarity. You can't use an evil tool of Sauron against Sauron. This is what Pope Pius XI meant when he said all breaches of subsidiarity are a grave evil. And this is what's wrong with national conservatives. We want to use big government policies to tell the states what to do when the states are the ones that hold the subsidiarity. So if I can hold this up for a half a second, so you guys can see this. Um, yeah, is it? Yeah, here you go. So look. This is actually the visual aid I used at my debate. Um, and it's pretty clear. I say, look, I'm not a positivist. I want morality in the law. I just don't want it coming from the judiciary. Where do you add the flour? Where do you add the flour to a loaf of bread? Before you put it in the oven? Yes. You add the morality here. That's where you add the morality. The state legislature who holds the police power, it makes a law, it moralizes in its legislation, like banning pornography, banning contraception, banning abortion, banning homosexuality, banning uh, gay marriage. Here, state laws, very simply. Yeah, let me hold that. Right? <laughs> is it seeable or is it backwards? Thanks. No, it's fine. It's fine to cover my face. Okay, but I because I'm also pointing out stuff. Yeah, here I'll point. So, but it's appearing backwards to me now. Is that it's not? Okay. So look, the Tenth Amendment police power is what enables, particularly state legislatures, to bake morality into the law. The legislature makes a law, folks. The judiciary interprets the law according to the Constitution. Now, here's the thing. The guy I debated, Josh Hammer, you probably, he's the opinions editor for Newsweek. He wants to, see my little dotted line here? He wants to skip over adding the flour to the bread before you put it in the oven, which is where you add the morality to a law. And he wants to add it, even if a a state tried to make a, a, a law, he wants to add in judicial morality through judicial activism 
after the fact. That doesn't work. Adrian Vermeule wants to do it even later in the bread making process. I've been making a lot of bread around the house. She has. Tim's been really involved. And she came up with this analogy. (laughs) Steph comes up with a lot of my analogies. Adrian Vermeule, another type of national conservative, Josh Hammer's here. They want to subvert the Republican form of government, the Republican process, by not allowing legislatures to make laws, and they should be moral laws. But to add the morality here after the law's already been made by the judiciary or here at the executive branch, both of these E and J are not allowed by the U.S. Constitution to add morality. They're not. The law is done here. That's the Republican form of government, and it's plenty holy when it's done at the state level. So um, he asked me, how is this relevant to our debate? And I said, well, who holds the general police power? He's he's getting kind of rude. I'm going to be honest. He's getting kind of rude. Very unprofessional because he was losing. I said, well, you've been to law school, Josh Hammer. Who holds the general police power? The state legislature or the national legislature called the Congress? He goes, of course, the state legislature. I said, okay. So they alone hold the power to legislate morality. The Congress can only do things in according to Article 1, Section 8, like build postal roads, coin money, things like that. Um, and so don't call me a legal positivist. He kept calling me and those like me, like Antonin Scalia, legal positivists, meaning we don't want morality in the law. That is a bitter lie. That ought to taste a bitter lie on his lips as he says it. Totally, totally false. Okay? Total lie. I want morality in our laws. I am for banning contraception, banning porn, and banning all the rest of it. It's those who want judicial activism here, an opposite kind of judicial activism here, which is not part of the Republican form of government, like Josh Hammer himself, like Adrian Vermeule himself, that literally made it illegal through something called substantive due process for it became illegal for the states to ban contraception, porn, abortion, sodomy, gay marriage. Literally, that's not an exaggeration. That's a history of the Supreme Court over the last 50 years. Correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't their argument something to the effect of we cannot trust the government, so to fix that, trust the government? Yeah, they're saying what their argument is, we can't trust um, the local governments who hold the natural law powers to govern themselves. So we should trust the big, huge, evil national government, either the big, huge, evil national executive branch. That's what Adrian Vermeule says. The big, evil executive branch. Adrian Vermeule also um, has been praising FDR, outright socialism. Uh, Remember, FDR-type legislation came in in the case Wickert v. Filburn, where uh, the judiciary literally made it illegal for a farmer anywhere in the United States to to, uh, consume his own wheat. That's tyranny. Or there are other types of nationalists like Josh Hammer who want to trust the national faraway judiciary to moralize legislation, legislate morality. That can't be done. It's like trying to use the ring against Sauron. You can never do so. Pius XI guarantees it. Why? Because only the ref in the position to make the call should make the call. It's a natural law principle. It's a substantive procedural issue. It's a moral procedural issue. Why would the ref across the court make the call when I'm standing right here? I could see whether or not LeBron James' foot is on the line, his big stupid foot, right? I'm the one I was five feet away. I make the call. That's subsidiarity. It's evil for someone across the court to try to make the call. And that's what these guys want to do. That's what they want to do. And they, in early versions of themselves, were the ones that made it illegal to ban all of these evils in the first place. They have the audacity to call me a legal positivist, one who doesn't want morality in the law. Nonsense. I want morality in the law at the precise place where the Catholic Church teaches morality should be inserted in the law. That's in the local governments. But in the name of nationalizing everything, 
the Supreme Court has made it illegal for states to illegalize porn, contraception, sodomy, gay marriage. For 49 years, they made it illegal to for states to ban abortion. But then we won. The good guys won. Originalism worked. We got rid of substantive due process because 49 years after Roe, my state, Mississippi, drove up Dobbs to the high court and we won. And they said substantive due process, nationalizing a kind of unenumerated right in the Constitution and forcing it on the states. It's not a real right. It's the right to abortion, the right to contraception, the right to porn a right to drag queen story, our right to sodomy, a right to gay marriage. There is no such thing as these rights, but that doesn't stop the, when the national government uses the ring of power, it will always be for evil. When the national government forces a national morality, it will always be evil from 5,000 miles away. You can't, like, like Aragorn tells Bormia, you can't use the ring, which is an evil tool for a good purpose. You can't use the ring against Sauron. You can only, only Sauron can wield it. Only an evil man can use, can wield an evil tool. That's why subsidiarity must govern our political lives as Catholics. And that's why national politics has failed. That's why it's done. Get out of your blue state, get to a red state. That's just the first step for the next five to 10 years. Once we're all here, we'll see what the situation is and we'll, we'll make uh, moves accordingly once we're all here. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that, maybe that's the extent of it. We all get to red states and live happily. I've been, I'm a lot happier now that I'm here in Mississippi. Amen. There are not goons everywhere. There are Trump signs everywhere still from two years ago. Get to a red state today. Go to realestateforlife.org. That is the solution to the big, evil national politics that, that's forcing trans, drag queen story hour, abortion, sodomy, gay marriage contraception, pornography on your children. Get to a state that hates that stuff. Get to a red state today. Day is full. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit.